Utah Diné Bekeya works to protect and preserve cultural uses of public lands by tribes. To learn more about their programs, including art, traditional foodways, and cultural sensitivity courses, visit utahdinebekeya.org. That's Utah, D-I-N-E-B-I-K-E-Y-A-H dot org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with me. It's Native American Heritage Month, and tonight on the show, we continue our collaboration with Living the Circle of Life, KRCL's only show programmed by and from an Indigenous perspective. Lots of great music from traditional to contemporary by Indigenous artists, plus community information, and all under the stewardship of the co-hosts, Dave John and Valine MC. Do check the show out each and every Sunday morning, 7 to 10 a.m. Sihasin is a band out of Arizona, and Dave John spoke with this brother and sister duo, Clayson and Janita Benali, earlier this month. In this conversation, Janita shared details about a project called Indigenous Youth Nation. It's a pilot radio program she helped produce, and we reached out to Native Voice One, the Native American radio network that helped them do that, and they've agreed to share it with us tonight here on Radioactive. So stick around for that. But first, let's get to Dave John's interview with Siha Sen. Yeah, uh, we're going to have uh, Siha Sen on and yeah, with uh, the brother sister group, uh, Janita and Clayson Banali. Um, like I was saying earlier, that we've had a lot of uh, songs played by them with the other, with Val MC on her show, and she enjoys their music also, same as I. Um, well, let's see, if we can get them on. <laughs> hey there, yeah, it's A. Hey. hey. Yeah, thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such an honor, such a privilege. Thank you so much for having us. Well, yeah, one of the questions, why don't you let the listeners knows, know what uh, Siha Sen means? Absolutely. Yate ata sinlo yate shae Janita Benali Yenishia. My name is Janita Benali. Um, I am of the Red Coat people, Auto. Um, Anani Torichini Bashish China, born for bitter water. Naka Dinea the wandering people, the ones who came back, are my paternal grandparents, Otto Polish Holyegi Dashiche. The ones that are called the maternal grandparents, the ones that are called the Polish are my maternal grandparents. Otto Zitlejin de Nasha. I'm originally, we are originally from Black Mesa, Arizona, but currently we reside in the beautiful shadow of the holy San Francisco peaks. And that's who we are as Diné people. We are, um, we, we are called Sihasen and Sihasen is one of our traditional foundational philosophies as Diné people. It, it, it's, it's one word, but it has a vast meaning, and that's to have hope and assurance and to have a positive mindset when you, when you look at the world, when you think about your future. Yeah, because uh, that's one thing I've noticed with the songs. I mean, like I was saying earlier, you know, they're uh, all uplifting. Uh, it's got a good positive message, and 
I think that's what a lot of the indigenous communities need, you know, because, yeah, any little bit of positive input, you know, usually makes a difference. Yeah, greetings. This is Clayson Benali. Yeah, so happy to to be here on KRCL. Thank you for having us. For us, growing up in a region that was, you know, we, we come from Black Mesa, where there was a lot of forced relocation, you know, the the concept, what people view as the Indian Wars. For us, that was a, a reality in being displaced, living almost like like refugees, you know, going through, you know, court battles, through legislative processes that we were, you know, just somebody in Washington, D.C. making a stroke of a pen affecting our lives, you know, that that set us on the, on this path where, you know, I, I don't know how most people would cope, but we were lucky to have music and that really kind of gave us that voice, that platform and a way to, to really communicate and <laughs> express our emotions. Cause it's, it's not an easy life, you know, growing up sometimes in remote regions, no electricity, no running water, you know, the coal industry, the re- fossil fuel industry impacting our families, all of that. It was, it was a challenge. So we were blessed with music. Yeah. Now you know what you mean. Cause I remember waking up early and if I woke up early enough, I was the lucky one to start the fire, you know, in the stove. <laughs> and, That's a beautiful blessing. Oh yeah. I missed that. That's one of my favorite things to do is to, to help everybody, uh, wake up warm and, and feel good and comfortable. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I go to my dad's side, you know, like you said, no running water, no electricity, you know, lived off the fire or the wood stove and the kerosene lamps. And then we got to walk about a quarter of a mile to get water, <laughs> you know, and walk back. But yeah, it was it was a good experience. You know, I think that's why a lot of the indigenous, you know, adapt to the land. And I think that's why we can survive pretty much wherever they place us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's important to also um, reconnect with our sacred lands, our traditional homelands, which are outside of reservation boundaries. Um, that's also incredibly important. And I think that's a huge part of why we, you know, you were talking earlier about um, about who we were. Um, we still are, you know, the the fire of our soul being Black Fire, um, you know, our, our punk band for 21 years. And then moving into um, Sihasen, where we wanted to make music that was more uplifting, that was more in that that was about um, not just talking about the issues that were happening, but we wanted to really make music to uplift and inspire and motivate people. You know, there are, no matter who you are in the world, there are challenges that we face, whether they're, they they seem like small challenges or big challenges. Um, you know, these are opportunities for us to be challenged to grow. And so I think that that aspect of Sihasen, of Sihasen, is really important, is even the way that we look at the challenges that we have, the obstacles that we have in life, that these are opportunities. Also, for 
our in our language when we say hatchath to sing essentially that our hatchathi our medicine practitioners our knowledge keepers our elders or the ones that carry on the ceremony those people we refer to them as hatchathi which means the one who sings so when you go to have a healing you know you're sick or affected by something you go through this process of having a singing over you so we recognize the the power of music in the songs and it's kind of an extension of our traditional oral storytelling or or history the way that we keep our our beautiful wisdom alive you know a lot of times you know we're moving into the winter months here and this is that time for for sharing and carrying on those traditions but if you think about us as a current living culture you know the way that we continue that that story that dialogue and ensure that you know we we maintain our our records you know you know for us you know it's it's continuing on that story and and sharing that through music as well so what got you into music anyway you know to produce the sounds that you guys come up with and how I, long ago i know it's been what 21 years since blackfire but was there a spark before that when I was a kid, I think I was probably about eight or so, and I, I just wanted to start a band, you know, and I was going through and trying to create all kinds of names. I, I remember drawing out logos, and first it was going to be the Bad Brains, and then I realized there was a band already called that, then I was going to call, call it the Deadheads, and then there was already, you know, followers of the Grateful Dead, and I kept looking for names, and then eventually I, I came across, you know, the, the name Blackfire, and I was thinking about pollution because growing up in Black Mesa, you know, looking at the world. So the image was was the first concept. And then from there, I was trying to encourage all my friends and nobody else kind of was interested. And I, you know, was, I had my siblings, Janita, my brother, Klee, who's in the middle. And eventually we all kind of gravitated towards instruments. And Thank goodness it wasn't all kazoos. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> It was, it was a funny process of knowing that, you know, I wanted to to start a band, not knowing how, and we didn't have a lot of resources. At that point, we were living on the in the South Rim in the Havasupai territory in Tucson up by Grand Canyon. And that process of just not having a lot of resources back then, we didn't have, you know, a lot of radio stations or exposures to, to music or there was no MTV so we just kind of started entertaining ourselves, making our own songs, creating our own story. And we didn't know how to play. So we just kind of started making our own songs and creating our, our own melodies. And it really kind of took off from there. But I think 1989 was our very first concert as Blackfire. I was about, I think, maybe 12 at that point. No, you were 10. Yeah, I was, I was tiny. Because I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of just wanting to express ourselves, some of our first pieces, we, we wrote a song called Censored, talking about um, censorship, you know, under, that was uh, Tipper Gore. Um, she was instituting a, a process of censorship in America. And, you know, being a... a child you know thinking back how cool that was just to to be able to talk and feel that you know our voice was important and to put it into words on a song that was pretty cool 
So we've been playing music ever since our instruments were bigger than we were. And, you know, because of the lack of resources, we had to be incredibly resourceful. And so I hope that that inspires folks, uh, some of your listeners to, hey, you can do this. Things are possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, again, you know, the youth, they need something to do. All right. We are back again, and you are listening to KRCL's Living the Circle of Life. And we're having a conversation with Siha San. Thank you. We're really happy to be here with you all. Yeah. Also, too, um, you guys were just on tour, um, I guess, in Europe and South America. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we've been traveling and touring, fortunately, since... uh I think 1989 when we first started. But what? we did take yeah. a break for the pandemic. For Are the you going to all the way back? No, to that I'm just saying that, you know, we, we have such, a, I, I feel very blessed to, to be able to travel and to go experience different cultures, but it's different than a lot of like, I, I think bands where they tour um, and they go out on the road and they're, they're going city to city you know, we, we kind of do it guerrilla warfare or style, guerrilla style, <laughs> where we go um, to unique communities, like very, the the process that, that we've kind of created. I, I think it's different I, and it's beautiful because it's like a family. We get to travel and experience and really enrich our, our, our understanding of some of these communities as well. Yes. And I, w- I would like to just condense that by saying, yes, we so we were recently in Lima, Peru. We had the incredible opportunity to travel through the State Department to use our music as a means of diplomacy to connect with the different indigenous nations from the rainforest and from the Andes. And that was a really powerful experience to hear a lot of the different stories. Because when we tour, we really, as my brother said, like to immerse ourselves in the community or we like to um, we like to build connection and relationship. And as my brother said, going, uh, being able to return to some of these places where it does become like family is incredibly important for us. We worked with a group called Uchpa and actually created a, a song um, referring to the eagle and the condor and that prophecy and how as indigenous people from North America and South America coming back together, you know, reestablishing those relations, there's a lot of power and for for our understanding, you know, that once these communities come back together, there's that process of healing and recognition of our traditional life ways, you know, and kind of a, coming back to those ways. It was such an incredible experience. Uchpa, they sing in the Quechua language, and it's they're amazing. And to be able to collaborate, to, to create a song, to create a video even, and release that under the State Department was such a powerful experience. And we actually recorded a couple songs, um, you know, through through this project. And we're really excited to be able to um, to distribute that coming up, uh, you know, coming up soon. Um, Hopefully in the coming months, we'll be able to give you all some new music as well. Ah, nice, nice. You heard it all first here on KRCL. <laughs> you sure did. You sure did. Yeah, and our music videos as well. And we're really excited to release to release these collaborations. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, because uh, when you bring up the eagle on the condor, I seen that up at Standing Rock. I mean, when the brothers and sisters from down south came up and showed support, I mean, that was really nice that they they came up. And, yeah, the prophecy started right there, too, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it and it is powerful. It's It's something that is is more than just words, but it's, um, it is something that, that we carry, each and every one of us as Indigenous nations carry inside of us that prophecy. And that community building, that relationship building is really important, not, not just for um, us now, but for our future generations as well. Yeah. Also, too, I see you guys got another celebrity, too, Mr. Happy Face. <laughs> can actually I was gonna ask, can you hear him in the background? Nah, nah, I oh, can't okay, hear him. Thank goodness. It's, there's a snorer. It's he like... <laughs> he is the loudest snorer. You you would not expect that there is a dog here. He sounds like a bear. Um, but Mr. Happy Face um recently won uh in actually in June, he won the title of the world's ugliest dog. And so he comes on tour with us and we love to do meet and greets with him and he loves people. Uh, so we we always encourage people, you know, come out, come take a selfie with Mr. Happy Face. <laughs> yeah. He's usually on tour with us. Yeah. Oh, also, too, you guys also do workshops, too. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? We absolutely do workshops. So we love to do uh, youth workshops. Uh, one of the workshops that... Actually, we we just did a workshop um, at the University of California, Santa Barbara. We'll be doing another workshop um, as well as concerts in Arkansas coming up as well, just uh, in a few days. But we really love to do youth workshops that uh, that empower and inspire youth to understand the power of their creativity and to create positive change. I think that we've been very blessed growing up with our father, Jones Benali. He's a traditional cultural practitioner, uh, recipient of the Arizona Living Legacy. Uh, Ari- le- he's, I always get that. He he's, he is an Arizona living treasure. Living treasure. But for us, there's a, a lot of information that we've grown up with. He didn't go to the boarding school um, until he was 20 so a lot of the teachings, the traditional information that he received was part of that direct connection going back for generation upon generation. So, you know, we get the opportunities to to share. We were in Europe. I was sharing and teaching about the Navajo horse connection. And, you know, there's just some of the examples of the workshops that we do from music, but also cultural teachings will be going to... Um, a museum here in just a few days in Arkansas and sharing some some of our traditional um there's a particular game that, that well Clay said well I'll be doing a different workshop but talking about Navajo stick game so there's so many teachings and information and it's just beautiful to to be able to carry on those and still have those those connections it is as I want to just also add on that as as we also do cultural uh, teaching workshops. We also do um, music workshops, songwriting. We are have actually um, started doing youth workshops to teach youth how to uh, produce and 
create their own radio shows as well. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, up here they have a group, uh, it's Rock Camp, and I like their thing where, yeah, they try to, well, it, yeah, the workshop, I think it's like a week long, and they teach the children how to sing, uh, play instruments, write, um, yeah, so then I guess one of the things towards the end, uh, they broken up into groups and form a band. And what's nice, too, is a lot of these uh, festivals I go to here in Salt Lake, some of these bands that are playing came from that. And so it's good to see how this program really helped promote music, you know. And so that was always a good sign. Uh, but also, too, I don't mind starting something up here in Salt Lake for the indigenous, too, you know, because... There's sometimes too much time on their hands, and they just need to do something positive. <laughs> well, we would love to come up and do, you know, some of the different workshops that we offer. You can actually see some of the workshops on our website at com. Okay. For us, music, you know, when you think of communication and, and how, you know, just language itself, it's such a powerful tool and it enables youth, you know, once you gift them the opportunity to, to learn how to play, you know, any kind of instrument, you know, it's just another part of their voice that they can use to express themselves. You know, there's a lot of challenges that we face, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, living on this planet, you know, we, we look at the different issues that we all face daily. And this is just an, an outlet to creatively express and ensure that, you know, you you have a voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, with me, I'm not blessed with playing an instrument. I tried different ones, guitar, piano. Uh, maybe I might have to try the kazoo, you know, maybe start something with something small. <laughs> but I notice, you know, I, I can listen to music and pick out songs. Yeah, and I guess that was my talent. And when the opportunity came to play or become a DJ to host Living the Circle of Life, yeah, yeah, yeah I just like it. I mean, it, it's a good feeling to get that music out, too. Uh, but also, too, um, so what was how you also have a Facebook and a website. Can you uh, let the listeners know on those again? We do. So our website is www.sihasin.com. Facebook uh, is the same. It's just Sihasin. Uh, we've got uh, Instagram as well, both Sihasin underscore band and Sihasin underscore music. And Mr. Happy Mr. Face. Happy Face. Yeah, he has his own. He has Instagram. his own Instagram as well. And, um, you know, we, you know, as we talk about, you know, the importance of community, we we ask, you know, we ask you to check out our sites, just check out our social media, press the like button. It only takes a moment, but it's huge for independent artists. Also, Janita, I know she's been modest, but she has created a, a new radio program called Indigenous Youth Nation. And what's the, the website for that? That's uh, www.indigenousyouthnation.com. 
And what it is, is a 30 minute, thank you, Clayson, by the way, <laughs> it's, it's a half hour program that is directed towards teens and tweens. It's made by, for, and with, um, facilitated by myself and Greg McVicker from Undercurrents. And um, we focus on youth empowerment, normalizing culture, and inspiring intergenerational dialogue. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, when does it air? It airs as soon as a radio station downloads it. We have it available right now through NV1, through Native Voice One, and PRX Radio. Oh. And we're offering it complimentary. We, you know, this is this is Native American Heritage Month, and it's always been important. But I think now more than ever, it's incredibly important that that we. Um, that we build bridges of respect, that we take the opportunities that exist and create opportunities to build understanding between cultures. That's how we break down stereotypes and that's how we break down racism. Yeah, yeah, because that's one thing I know is if the music's good, I mean, any race can listen to it, even if they don't understand the words, it's the beat that seems to get everybody in that one one mode absolutely being a drummer you know when you listen to sihasen if you listen very closely a lot of the drums that i actually use are the traditional um drums one of them was gifted to me from from a dear friend of mine james ukwala he's have a soup by the other one is a old powwow drum that my dad had i used the the hide from that but make, making those drums and bringing that full circle where the, this is our traditional, you know, I guess, intellectual property, you know, the, the drum itself, you know, something that we all carry, it's our heartbeat. But you look at that power drum or all the different tribes and the cultures and the way that we utilize that drum, the importance, and it really does bring people back together. It's a process of, of reconnecting. And, you know, when we use it in our, our songs or music, we kind of with Seahouse and we're only a bass and drums, you know, we're very stripped down, but it's, it's a lot of power, a lot of sound. And that's, you know, when you come to our live shows or performances, that energy, you know, we wanted to, to ensure that when we deliver that song, that message, you know, it's like the power and the strength, you know, that it's like that standing over a power drum or singing, you know, that that's the energy that, that we wanted to, to give to, to people. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for joining uh, KRCL's Living the Circle of Life. Also, too, um, we're going to end the show, well, not the show, but the interview or the conversation with Shine. Can you uh, talk uh, and explain that song and kind of what got you to write that? Um, it's a song that I, I guess you know, thinking about that circle and how as indigenous people, you know, we think of the four sacred directions, you know, it starts with running east, you know, greeting the dawn, you know, there's a lot of indigenous philosophies and teachings that are within that. And it's a journey, you know, that that journey that we're all on. And we wanted to, to find a way to inspire youth to give that uplifting message of strength and you know, it's just a, a original composition, you know, even with the power song, you know, just creating and composing that it was just a way of just giving strength and power 
and mostly focusing that towards all of our kids out there, giving them a beautiful start to life. Yeah. So we hope that when you listen to Shine today, that that it it uh, fills you with with a sense of goodness and 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 you know the just gives you that that power and and motivates you. All right. Well, thanks again for joining. And here's the song, uh, Shine. for Radioactive on KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Share the Love event, a partnership with local charities in delivering hope this holiday season. Learn more and info on how to get involved at markmillersubaru.com. Support for KRCL comes from the Utah Farm and Food Conference, January 12th to 14th in Cedar City, where more than 200 attendees will gather to learn and network about the agrihood, from small to urban farms and artisan producers to those who support them. For tickets and conference schedule, visit utahfarmconference.org. KRCL is turning 43, and we're inviting you to come out and celebrate the station's anniversary with us at our first ever Holiday Soul Party on December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room in Salt Lake City. KRCL DJs, photo booth, food truck, and live music with Ryan Innes, AM Bump, and the Omega Horns with a special VIP soul set with me, eBay Hamilton. So come on out and celebrate 43 years of community radio with a night full of feel-good soul music and all your favorite radio friends here at KRCL. That's Saturday, December 3rd at the Commonwealth Room. Get your tickets now at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Democracy Now! at 7 o'clock, followed by Rude Awakening with Liz at 8, Maximum Distortion with Forgash and Cody D at 10.30, and then tomorrow, a Thanksgiving music mix from all of us at KRCL to all of you. And now, thanks to the generosity of Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network, Radioactive is proud to share with you a new program. 
Indigenous Youth Nation on KRCL. This grinding stone has been passed down from my great, 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 great grandmothers. I really play music for myself to gather my thoughts. They shouldn't be embarrassed of what their culture is. Now, like how we live in our society, we are less connected to our culture, I feel. Indigenous Youth Nation. Welcome to Indigenous Youth Nation. Together, let's celebrate culture and explore ancestral knowledge of the Diné Nation. The Diné, also known as the Navajo tribe, are from the southwestern area of the United States and are one of the largest indigenous nations in the country. And I am here to teach you how to say hello in Diné language. Usually we just say to each other or just um, in the morning when it's most beautiful and we try to go into our days with happiness and we'll just have a great mood overall. means hello, good greetings. A day in the life of Dene, also known as Navajo. This is Indigenous Youth Nation. My name is Deji. This is the day in the life of my culture. <laughs> I am Dene, also known as Navajo. So today is the first day of my coming-of-age ceremony. The Kanada is important for my people because it's the coming-of-age ceremony for when a girl becomes a woman. The first day is where you chop wood for the fire, you um, clean up the hogan, and you get the cook shack ready. And you start preparing food for people who come later. It's the first day where you run. The running is a huge part of the Kinada. Every day you run farther and farther. And on the last day you run farther than you ever ran. For the Kinada, you wear a bunch of turquoise necklaces that people put on you. And it's a lot to put on your neck, I guess. It's very heavy to wear. And I wear so many necklaces because people put them on me and because it's a blessing. I have some tools in front of me that will be used in my canada. The tools are the grinding stone, the traditional grass brush, um, a basket, and some corn that I will be grinding with the grinding stone. Me and my Che, which means grandfather in Navajo, planted this corn in the summertime to be prepared for the Kanada. The corn seed has been passed down from my great-grandmothers. 
You also have to get the corn ready by grinding it and also cleaning it out. <laughs> it is kind of hard to grind corn. This grinding stone has been passed down from my great, 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 great grandmothers. Right now I am sweeping the corn with my traditional grass brush to um, level it out to make it easier to grind the corn. You grind it so then you can use it to make cake batter for the traditional earth cake. For roasting the corn, you have to put the corn into a pan and you stir it on top of the fire. Then you grind it where it's basically like flour. Yeah, now I have finished grinding the corn and it is soft enough for the cake. So now I'm sweeping it into my basket. And then you pour boiling water into the pot. I'm getting ready to run now and everyone is lining up behind me and they cannot pass me while I'm running. My family and friends and community run behind me and yell to give me encouragement and strength. A realization I had while running was that my moccasins were too big. <laughs> I ran three times a day. Everyone follows me out of the Hogan after the all-nighter. The all-nighter is a night which is the holy night before the final run. On that night, the medicine man or woman, in my case it was a man, and his singers come into the Hogan, and all your family and friends um, come into the Hogan as well. A Hogan is a traditional house, and we use it for ceremonies and stuff. On that night, um, you sing the whole night. The songs teach you about the history of your culture and about becoming a woman. At the very end of the ceremony, I felt tired from all the work but I was happy because um, I was excited that I was more mature. Thank you for coming to my Canada. This is Indigenous Youth Nation. Hello, I am Bahajuni. Today on Indigenous Youth Nation, we are sitting down with the Diné author, Brian Young. Brian Young is an American Indian Youth Literature Award winner. Um, Brian 
Brian Yang's powerful debut novel tells of a seemingly ordinary Navajo boy who must save the life of a water monster. I had a dream about seven, nine years ago, and this was going to be what turned into Healer of the Water Monster. And in that dream, there was a young boy, and at that time, he was playing with the 3DS in his grandma's mobile home, and he stops playing, and then he runs through a cornfield, and then on the other side of the cornfield is a desert, and in the desert, he meets up with a little lizard, and they start to sing. And just that combination of modern and traditional, like coexisting, complementing each other, was a very powerful image. That image and the idea that I could give a story to young Navajos that showed them that they could be heroes, those two were my primary driving factors into (laughs) getting this published. The biggest reason why I felt the need to write this book was Ebenina. When I was a young kid, my mom would often drop me off at the library in Gallup while she would do her errands. And so I had a blast just roaming up and down the hallways of books and just grabbing book here grabbing book there but as I started getting older I realized that none of the books I was reading had Navajo characters had Diné characters and a lot of the stuff that was written then about Native Americans was really racist was very very derogatory in terms of how they talked about us, of how they depicted us, and very reductionist. We were always background characters at best or sidekicks. And even then, those white authors would always kind of bundle us up into one group, Native American. It was very, very discouraging as a young person to be so in love with books that had only white characters as their protagonists. And so when I started writing Healer of the Water Monster and during the seven years it took to get it published, I would often reflect upon that time as a young kid, desperate to find a story that had a main character that was like me. And that there are a lot of the young Navajos who needed to hear that you are important, that needed to hear you can be a hero. And so that kept me going. Just the thought that there are Navajo kids who want to read this book out there. With the people in your life, did you write about them like specifically in your book? I know for me, um, the Nully in the book reminds me of my Aunt Juanita. And I really liked that I was able to see my family. I bet Aunt Juanita is amazing and wonderful and strong and kind, and I hope to meet her. (laughs) Initially, yes, they were heavily based on people around me and in my environment, and actually Uncle Jet was based on me. Now, Nathan must summon all his courage to save his new friend. With the help of other Navajo holy beings, Nathan is determined to save the water monster and to support Uncle Jet in healing from his own pain. I got a lot of pushback from agents about the quote-unquote more mature topics in the stories. And I would often tell them, like, this is stuff that I encountered as a young kid. I wanted to validate that that is a common experience for young Navajos to say, yes, this is happening. 
and also to provide a possible avenue of addressing it, of helping those people in their lives who are struggling with alcoholism to seek help. Wow. Thank you for writing about like a topic that's like as heavy as those are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me a part of your radio show. It's been an honor to talk to you and I hope you too write a story. I hope you too um, write your own books. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for your amazing book. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It, It means a lot to me, honestly. Healer of the Water Monster by Brian Young. Hi, this is Dahi. Come with me to travel through time. What? Travel through time? How? Come on, let's go. You'll never guess where I am. I'm at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. My people, my tribe, the Navajo, have songs in the archives, and I want to hear their voices and know what they're saying. And I want to bring that information home. If I weren't able to travel here, I probably wouldn't know that this would exist and that some of the forgotten songs have actually been recorded and are in the Library of Congress. We are in the Library of Congress in the hallway next to a gorgeous looking elevator. I was given a catalog of all of the songs that were on the wax cylinders. Okay, I paused it. We can. I hear like. Oh wait, I hear something. Oh my god. Wait, this is the Canal Dust songs. So there's this man speaking, and he told us that we were in Coal Mine Canyon. That's where my dad lived oh wait okay so in the canal dub remember like the medicine man he's speaking to you and he's like telling you this is the song for corn planting that's what they were singing that was so cool whoa (laughs) okay let's continue listening yeah i don't know it's just it feels really exciting i can't believe i'm hearing them so we steward the materials, first of all, um, and we, and which means we don't own them. We recognize, especially at the Folklife Center, that the cultural heritage materials we have come from peoples and places. John Fenn is the head of research and programs at the American Folklife Center. And we're holding on to them to make sure that other people can use them when appropriate and that people have access to cultural heritage. Um, both archival collections and newly developed collections and materials. So it's important, again, for both the preservation and the access perspectives, so that people like yourself, you know, youth, can come and hear these songs or these stories of these materials and engage with them in creative and intellectual ways. And I have a connection to Coal Mine Canyon because it's where my dad lived. Yes. That was really cool. That's awesome. I really felt like... John Fenn's work at the Library of Congress gave other people a perspective 
of my culture and like the songs we sing and traditions we have. I want to thank John Fenn, head of research and programs at the American Folklife Center in Washington, D.C. That was really cool. Like, it was so cool to hear the songs, like, of Kanata and Hazronje. Like, I got really excited, like, once I heard them and I recognized it. I was just like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. So now, like, how we live in our society, we are less connected to our culture, I feel. And so, like, I feel like, if other youth were to come here and listen to songs and things from their tribe, it would like really give them a sense of connection and like I think it would be a cool experience for them because they would be able to learn more about their roots and like where they came from. I don't know, what was amazing to me was, like, all of the songs and, like, all the songs were still the same. Like, the ones that I learn now, people were learning and singing in, like, the 1940s. And, I don't know, I felt, like, more connected to my tribe and my ancestors. Indigenous Youth Nation! I am here on Indigenous Youth Nation with Sage Bond. Um, would you like to tell us about the song that is playing? Yeah, I wrote Prisoner back in, uh, uh, before my album was released in 2018. It became uh, the title track of my, my first uh, LP release. I've been here before, got you way into my core. during a time of depression and anxiety and trying to get through uh, mental health battles and struggles that I um, I really relied on my music to help me get out of that rut. Can you tell me about how you started out playing guitar? I started playing guitar when I was nine years old. Um, my mom sings and my dad played guitar, so I grew up around a lot of music. My grandpa 
loved Elvis and he wanted to be Elvis. <laughs> Come on and do the jailhouse rock with me. I started playing like thrash metal songs like Metallica and Megadeth and trying my best to noodle around and I came home after school every day and just practiced and um, later on I joined a country band when I was 13 which is the total opposite of metal but um, that helped me get used to being on stage and helped me learn like actual guitar chords which I could later apply to my solo stuff. What really inspires you as an artist? Well, I write a lot from experience about things that I've been through, struggles I've been through as, uh, I went through a lot when I was uh, a teenager, like with my dad being an alcoholic and he left. And um, it was hard because he was the one that first taught me how to play guitar. And I did didn't want that to affect my, his alcoholism to affect my family anymore. And uh, I really wanted to be like a better role model for my younger brother. And um, so trying to always have like a, I guess a positive message. I really play music for myself to um, gather my thoughts because sometimes it's very scrambled (laughs) in my head. And I, I try to gather all my thoughts and try to make sense of things and uh, putting it down on like a notebook, putting it into my guitar really helps. And then being able to share that message with people is, uh, I guess, the the end goal is really worth it. I think that's a really cool message. Thank you. What advice do you have for younger musicians and songwriters? I mean, don't stop playing. <laughs> don't ever let anyone try to put you down, bring you down to their level. You just keep playing. Thank you for joining us today on Indigenous Youth Nation. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I just want other people around the world to know that, like, they shouldn't be embarrassed of what their culture is and, like, the ways that their elders were teaching them and that they're not alone and they should, like, they should just take it in and try to learn their culture as best as they can. Not much people follow our culture anymore. And it would be great if um, we could just get on that track again and have a lot more people who can speak and follow our ways. This is Elder's Wisdom. My name is John Spinelli. My first name was long time ago. was Dan Beget. I'm Totichini, Bitterwater, and I'm Eagle People Plan. I was born in Hogan. I went to school just a few years to learn to uh, the English. I really don't know how old I am. It's uh, maybe oh, just about over 90 around this underwear. I don't feel like very old. Young My family taught me 
son, and teach me, my grandfather's medicine man. We do the same painting, and then seeing the son, and then working. I was five years old, and herding the sheep. Was herding the sheep all day. That time was our transportation was the donkey and the horses. Later on, I had the wagon, and then later on, my my grandfather bought the truck. My mother's side said, they had to do it like this and like that, and then to learn more and more, you get bigger and be stronger, and then you do things more better, and going to be a lot easier for you becoming what you what you going to be. Be a man, and uh, how we respect the other people. That's what you have to learn, and then something that the right way, like not to drink, you know, or stealing. Not supposed to do that. Says you have to learn how you stand your own two feet with other people and uh, work with them. Because if I don't learn it, I had to do it myself. Now, everything's changed. It's not like it used to be. Even if we have a car now, we hauling the stuff. We need something to carry on like this. This is not for fun, for our family. They teach our kids or grandkids to carry on to live on the earth. Now, to go up in technology, modern way, we're going that way. Kind of like they forget themselves, really what they are. Then you educate. You use it both ways because getting too far the new modern way. So you learn both ways because we belong to the earth. That's most important. My mother taught me how to take care of the animals, how to live in this world. We had to carry on our cultures. That's most important. Remember who we are. That's most important. Our life to carry on is more important. Some people ask me, who you live in? You live in two worlds. I said, make it one. If you make two worlds, where's the other one? You're confused. This is one world. Don't forget who you are. The most important, your life. What you are is what you are. Way back in the beginning, all the people, native people here in this country, this world, they're all brother and sister in the beginning. We still carry on traditional way. What we carry on, son and pray and for pray for ourselves, for this world, for hope, for our people on this world. We would like to thank Jones Benali for being on Indigenous Youth Nation. Indigenous Youth Nation was created by executive producer Janita Benali. The program was edited and mixed at Radio Camp by senior producer Greg McVicker. 
our awesome youth team of hosts, editors, and overall coolness quality control were Ashki, Tyler, Dahi, Bahia, Deji, Bahajoni, Mia Dove, and Gowani Hatla. Original theme music by Sihasen. Project sponsor, Amanda Eichstad of KWMR. And thanks to Peggy Berryhill of the Native Media Resource Center. Major support was provided by a grant from the Joan Gans Cooney Center at Sesame Workshop, with additional support from the American Folklife Center at the Library of Congress. Big thanks to our guests, Brian Young, John Fenn, Sage Bond, and Joan Spinelli. And thank you for listening. We want to hear your feedback. This is episode number one. Want to be featured in a future show? Find us at indigenousyouthnation.com. This is Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Yeah.